LOI Match Day on Off The Ball. Richie Tell, welcome to the podcast. Thanks a million for joining me this week. Um, I have to say to you first, I thought you were going to take flight last night with that goal celebration. <laughs> I know. I was getting a bit sick I was over that. Glenn, uh, Glenn Crown, and he said to me he's going to do some um, some work on tours day with me regarding celebrations. But now uh, my two little girls, <laughs> That there's a few TikToks going around there telling me so they I think they enjoyed it a little bit more than me even. Absolutely. And look, you're in a good run of form at the moment. I want to ask you first about the Derry City goal because it was the one that got a lot of attention. Um and look, your finish was incredible, but the build up to the goal as well was absolutely fantastic. Can you tell me what was going through your head as you're watching the build up and then sizing up that shot? Yeah, it's just something that that the manager and the coaching staff have been have been on to me about is just when I get the ball and, and pass it, just following following my run. Um and luckily enough I've been able to get on the end of two good crosses, one by Finner and then the other one um from Trevor. Um I think even you see the goal last night, um we started from league race again, you know what I mean? So it's that building process that that the manager is really big on and, and how we play and how we play out from the back and play through the lines and We've been doing that really well the last couple of weeks we have. So if we can continue to do that, we'll uh, we'll do well this season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and now that you mentioned the tactics side of things, I was interested to ask you because um, I find sometimes it, it gets lost a bit talking to League of Ireland footballers. We don't maybe go into those kind of details as much, but it is interesting having watched Rovers for the last couple of seasons and the way Stephen Bradley likes to use that box midfield. And you're even seeing it now with some of the Premier League sides. I've seen Liverpool using in Manchester City at times this season. What is the key to the box midfield working? Because Shamrock Rovers have obviously done it with great effect over the last couple of years. So what's the kind of key parts of that to make it work? You just have to trust your players. Like You're going to have to play in tight spaces. And luckily for us, we have players that are really good at that. The likes of Gary O'Neill, he's... He's big on just sitting in the middle of the back four and he's able to dictate the game. And obviously then you have the likes of Jack and Borky and Marcus and myself in there that are quite comfortable on the ball, you know. And even our centre-halves, you know, they're, even if we're getting marked highly, they can play through the lines, they can. So I think our teams coming up against us, um, they find it quite difficult because if they go tight on us, our defenders are good enough to play through the lines and then we have the forward players that are able to hold up the ball so we can play off them. So... I think um what we've been working on probably for the last couple of years, I think you I think people can really see how it's coming to fruition now when it's great. It is um to be able to see things that you work on on a day to day basis come off in, in the games and that's what's been happening for the last couple of weeks. Like And how much is that how much of that is down to is like like is that a kind of a very um with the coaching staff, is it a team effort? Is Stephen Bradley kind of the, the real brains behind the operation there? Or how much contribution does Glenn Crone make? I don't even, like I know Stephen McPhail is the technical the director of football. Does he get involved? Yeah, to be fair, the whole lot of them, um, they're very hands-on. Um, what we do on a week-to-week and a day-to-day basis is very structured. Um, and you can see that in our performances. Like when the keeper has the ball, we all know where we should be. And vice versa, when their goalkeeper or defender or defenders have it, we know where we have to be as well. So these things don't happen by chance, you know. Um, the manager and the coaching staff work tirelessly hard on it. They watch a lot of videos and relay the information to us. And 
as players, it's great. It makes their job a lot easier. Um, and it's something that we've been doing really well. We've been taking the information on board. And uh, and I think you can see it in our past performances that um, we've been getting the just awards from it. How good is Stephen Bean for you then? Because, and look, I don't see every Rovers game. I've seen quite a lot of you over the last couple of years, but I kind of feel like maybe this is the best Richie Tell we've seen since you've come back to Ireland and joined Shamrock Rovers. Would that be fair to say? And how, how has Stephen Bradley helped you get to, your be- get to your peak, I suppose, this season? Yeah, most definitely. You know, Stephen, the gaffer has been great with me. Um, since the day I walked in, you know, he's uh, he's put his trust in me and, and the other players. Um, he knows what what we're all capable of because he sees us on a day to day basis. Um, and yeah, do you know what? I actually, I really, I'm really enjoying my football now, and and I have been since I've since I've come home. Um, and he's a big part of that. You know, he was the reason why I wanted to come home. He has a a vision and and a process of where he wants the football club to be, and the the club as a whole is just going in the right direction. And and for me, it's great to be a part of that. This. What's the ultimate goal then for, for that vision? Is that, you know, maybe you've had group stage football now in the Conference League is to try to get to Europa League, even Champions League. Is that too much of a, too big of a dream to have, do you think, for a club like Shamrock Rovers? No, I don't think so, you know. I think you have to be a dreamer, you know what I mean? Um, like, we're always aiming for, for Champions League. And if you fall short, you end up in the Europa League or the Europa League Conference. So if you set your goals at the highest possible, and you fall short, sometimes it's still a massive success, you know what I mean? Because last year, we uh, we won the league and we got into the group stages, which was a massive achievement because it's really hard to to do both in the one season because the games are coming so thick and fast. It's a bit relentless, it is. But um, the manager and the coaching staff, they had a great schedule for us while we had so many back-to-back games. And, um, yeah, I think you can see that everything is attention to detail is, um, is spot on and even you see in the last couple of weeks when we have three games in a week, our schedule allows us to be able to rest players and then peak at the right time. And, and I think it's just worked out really well for us over the last while. Now, you went six matches at the start of the season without a win, um, but that's totally changed. You've turned it around. You're top of the league now. What changed? Nothing changed. That's the big thing. Um, we knew that we weren't getting the results, but the performances were there. Um, and that's one thing that you have to do as a player and more importantly I think the manager has shown us he trusts the process and what we work on on a week to week basis and if you change that massively people think oh it's not working but we could see it was working but we just weren't getting the, the results in the end but we just had to keep doing what we were doing fine tune the small little mistakes that we were making and keep doing the positive things that was that was working well for us and I think as you can see over the last number of games we've been playing really well scoring a lot of goals and conceding conceding not that many so that's a, a good recipe for good things it sure is now I don't think I have to remind you about Drada being such a, a sticky team for you to play against the last four matches we're looking at in the league you've had three draws and there's been a draw to win now granted three of those matches were up at Weavers Park so um, they did have home advantage in those games why do you think Drawd have been such a, a tough team for Shamrock Rovers to, to try and play against? Yeah I'm not sure why why we've always found it really difficult against them well we know why because they're a good side they, um, they're set up really well they have a good manager there and they have some really good players really experienced players so um, we know that if we keep continuing what we're doing and just focus on us 
and get to the level of performance that we know we can. We know that it'll be enough to beat Rotterdam on Friday, but it's it's mainly down to our work ethic and that we don't get complacent and make sure that the Roy Shamrock Rovers turn up on Friday. What what is Gary Deegan like to play against? A lot of players when they play against Shamrock Rovers, their game always ups ten or fifteen percent, and it's no different than when we played Rotterdam as well. You can see their level of performance goes up, um, especially when you come to Tallaght. The pitch is perfect. The stadium is beautiful. The atmosphere does be bouncing. So it's always a recipe for for a good game. And I think you're seeing over the last couple of weeks that when people come to Tallaght to play against us, they do raise their, their game and their performances goes up a few levels. So we need to be ready for that. And it's something that we are ready for. And uh, yeah, as I said, it doesn't really matter who plays for them. Um, Once we focus on ourselves and and we get the best fairs in the Shamrock Rovers uh, as individuals and as a team, then, then we'll, we'll do okay. You brought me nicely onto my last question there. Just you mentioned about the atmosphere at Tallaght Stadium. And look, we've seen crowds growing all over the league, which is brilliant to see. It's getting more popular and there's a lot of younger fans going as well. How would you compare it to when you were playing for Dundalk uh, many years ago before you left for the UK? Yeah, well, we used to be getting good crowds. Well, what we thought was good crowds um, up at Dundalk, we used to be getting three three and a half, four thousand up in Oriel Park. And that was great at the time. But now since I've been home, it's just you can see the whole league of Ireland has gone up a notch, which is which is great it is. Um especially at Tyler, like my two little girls were at the game last night with my wife and my mom and my dad was there and they love going to the games, you know what I mean? It's a real highlight of their weekend on a on a Friday to go up and, and watch the games and you see all the kids there, they'd be there even when we're warming up and it it really is especially at Tallaght Stadium. It's a great atmosphere and it's be a real special night. And even you see the likes of last night, like, although it was a bit too entertaining for, for us, <laughs> we want to control games. But I think people see that they're, they're getting some entertainment and a bit of value for their money when they come out and, and watch us play. And it's a great um, it's a great bit of recognition for, for the League of Ireland as a whole because, as you said, the attendances are going up everywhere. And uh, that can only help the league, it can, and, and us as individuals playing and that. We want to play in front of the biggest crowds possible. And uh, hopefully it can continue to grow the way it has been because it's been a great start to the season with the way the crowds have come in. Absolutely. Well, that's a, been a pleasure speaking to you, Richie. Thanks a million for your time. Um, I know you've yeah. got to go off and collect the chisellers there after school, oh, so oh, I'll let you go. Me now. <laughs> See you later, Stephen. Thanks, Thank Richie. You. Best of luck. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Waterford manager Keith Long, thanks a million for joining the podcast this week. Um, it really has been an incredible few weeks since you take, you've taken over the club. I know you went in there first. The Finn Harps game was an incredible win, 7-1, and then you go on a run of six wins in a row. Um, what's it been like for you? Has it been a bit of a whirlwind the last few weeks? Yeah, no, it's been... Thanks for having me on, Stephen. It's been a really enjoyable uh, first number of weeks in the job, uh, getting to fully know the environment, the, the club, the people involved at the club and, um, you know, the whole dynamic ar- around the place. Um, obviously, the ownership model is 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 slightly different um, to, to other clubs I would have worked for in the past. So with the Fleetwood group and the owner, Andy Pilly, fully invested in, in, in the club and trying to make the club better and trying to... Um, if we can the, the secure promotion, you know, that that's looking uh, like we'll go into a playoff route at this moment in time. But, you know, I've, re- I've really enjoyed it so far. It's, um, you know, it, it's, it's 
it's it's been different. It's uh, uh, the the facilities, the the environment, the the structures are good. They're in place at the club. Uh, like I said, uh, we have to try and put our own stamp on things potentially. You know, over a period of time, that won't happen overnight. Um, you know, we've inherited a group of players, and the players have bought into what we've tried to do so far. Uh, we disappointed in a, in in a couple of games, but by and large, I think we were nine games into into my reign at the club, and we we won seven, lost two, um, disappointed with our performance down in Galway, in particular last week or the week or the week before, um, because obviously that would have given us an opportunity to close the gaps, uh, the gap on 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 their lead. But you, you know, overall, I can't be uh, can't be uh, nothing but happy in terms of the start. There's more in the group. There's growth in 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 the group, and I'm still getting to know the best players. I'm sorry, the players, and and I'm still uh, getting to know their best positions. And and ultimately, we've we've tinkered with the team a little bit, you know, with some subtle changes and ta- from a tactical point of view and a personnel point of view, um, to try and see, you know, what 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 our best eleven is, what our best formation is, and you know, ultimately we have a style of play, or have principles of play that we want to try and implement. There's certain non-negotiables that 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 you know we've we've outlined to the group, and um, you know, yeah, listen, we've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed it since I've gone back in, and um, it's been a, a breath of fresh air for me uh, coming into a different environment, different objectives, a different league, a new league to me. And um, you know, different set of challenges. It was interesting, and look, I, I can only see what I see from highlights, um, and it doesn't give you a full uh, view of the game or the way the team plays. But just watching the highlights from the, the brilliant win against Cove Ramblers, you beat them five 0 at the weekend, and it was interesting to see you're scoring all types of goals. There was a headed goal from across. You're pressing teams up high, attacking that way, but also the, the final goal Thomas Lewis scored was also a counter-attacking goal almost. Um, do you go in? Because I know you would have liked at Bohemians to have good attacking wingers. You like having good fullbacks to being able to push on strong centre halves, playing a four-two-three-one formation, a couple of midfielders who can who can hold on to possession and control the game. Do you go in with your mindset thinking this is how I like to play football? This way I'm going to mould this Waterford team, or do you look at the players you have and go, well, no, I need to maybe come up with a different kind of a formation or a way of playing? I think you have to look at everything, you know, and and. You know, assess what you have, and 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 we've done that over a, over the last number of weeks. So obviously, you have a, a way of playing, an ideology in terms of how you want your teams to play, and and a philosophy on the game. And um, but ultimately, um, you know, yes, I might have certain principles, but you have to play a style of play that suits your players, and you've got to be pragmatic. You know, in my opinion, you've got to be pragmatic in that approach. So, um. You know, you look at the players, you look at their skill sets, you look at their attributes, you look at all, all their qualities and try and complement them with, with a way of playing, a style of play and a formation of play. Um, yes, I've got I, I've got fundamentals in terms of my beliefs and what I want to see from the team and, and you, you know, principles of play that, that like I said, will we won't, you know, deviate from. But, you know, ultimately, I want to be a team that's aggressive, um, in possession, you know, playing the ball forward quickly, playing with wide players, creating overloads in 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 areas, uh, have good technical players that can uh, dominate the ball um, uh, when required to do so, um, but also like you said, playing that transition, the moments in transition where we can punish teams on uh, in, on the counter attack and 
having the attributes within the within the squad to try and do that and to expose that. So um yeah, we we we've had, we've got some good technical players, we got some good players um across the squad, but my job over a period of time will be to try and influence that team, influence the squad, you know, give them good habits, um, you know, set the standards and um you know, we live by our daily actions and behaviours and, and you, you know, we want to have an environment where the players are challenged and supported. Um, that, that facilitative environment where, you know, we give them everything that we possibly can to help the team, to make them better. But obviously as well that they have to stretch themselves. They have to challenge themselves as players to get out of their comfort zones and, you know, and to, to compete at the higher end of the table and to try and get out of this this division if we possibly can. Like I said, that's looking more likely through a playoff at this moment in time. Um, you know, but primarily all I'm focused on is what we're about at Waterford, how we want to try and play the players understanding their jobs, knowing their roles and responsibilities within their own position and and giving them the freedom to express themselves on a Friday night to go and play football, enjoy playing football. Um, you know, in in a framework, in a structure, uh, you know, that I believe will give us success. Having a goal scorer can be important in these situations, Keith. Um, Ronan Coughlin has been sensational, the player of the month last uh, month as well. Did you do something with Ronan? Did you work with him yourself and Alan Reynolds, your your assistant? Or is this just kind of, this <laughs> burst of form is just one of those things that's happened? Um, well, it, it coincided. Rona's run of form coincided with um, you know the change of management. So, um, absolutely, uh, I'll take no credit for Ronan's vein of form. Ronan is a is an established League of Ireland Premier Division striker, um, and he he's been exceptional so far in terms of form in front in front of the goal. Um, I think he's he scored in every game that I've been manager, other than the Wexford game at home. Um, and and he's been an example to all the other players. Let's say as to how uh, professional he is, his when he comes into work, how professional he is around the group, you know, and and how how he trains, uh, how he behaves, um, his his habits. Um, the standards that that you know he demonstrates on a daily basis around the group on the training pitch, you know, um, hopefully we'll start to rub off on some of the other younger players that we've got in the group. That this is what you need to do to be a top player in this league. And um, you know, um, we're lucky to have Ronan at this moment in time at Waterford. We we obviously we we we'd like to to extend his stay at the at the football club, and um, you you know he's done exceptionally well for us right right now. And um, long may that continue. He's been been really, really good to work with. Really good guy to talk to about the game, and to get his ideas and insight into maybe uh, some of his thoughts. Um, and and we'll need that experience around the place because if you look at the profile of our squad, it's very young. We got some players on loan. We got some players um that haven't necessarily played in the Premier Division. Some have. Um, others haven't. And it's a relatively new group of players, you know, when you when you think about it. Um, so you know, under the previous management, um, with players coming in from different environments, um, what we tried to do initially uh, upon, you know, being named as manager was to bring that group together. I felt that we could get a little bit tighter as a group, you know, um, 
that we win and lose together, that we um, we train together, that we demand uh, uh, together from each other, and and that we raise the bar in terms of performance, raise the bar around our habits, around the training ground, um, you know how we treat people, um, and and their daily actions and behaviours. And I think the boys have bought into that really well. They're they're a really good group. They're an honest group. Um, but if we're going to try and improve, we've got to try and make sure. Uh, that we strengthen the group for the good of the group to get us better, to make us better, to make the club better, and to hopefully, if we can, achieve the objective, objective which is to try and get out of this division. Yeah, and I'm sure, like, just before I go on to what happens this weekend, but when you speak to players, like, you've got got evidence there yourself, Keith. I'm thinking of all the great players that, that went through your hands with Trevor Crowley as well, the likes of Georgie Kelly, Promise Amashera, Dawson Devoy, uh, Ross Tierney, all these players who've Went, went through your coaching and are now in England, you know, making great careers for themselves. That's something that uh, players maybe, you know, we want to keep as many players as we can in Ireland, want to try and improve the league. That's going to take some time. But in the meantime, you know, those players can kind of aspire to to these kind of things maybe. Well, we, we've been, um, I don't know what the word necessarily is, um, you know, lucky fortunate to work with those players some of those players that you've named and you could go on and on and on about you know some of the others you know that we would have worked with in the past like Andy Lyons Danny Mandrew um Danny Grant you know boys like that that have gone away Warren O'Hara playing league league one every every week um you know we've been fortunate enough to 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 have worked with some of those young players Evan Ferguson for a short time in the in, in the Premier Division so um uh, not not that we can take a huge amount of credit necessarily for their 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 ability as players, but what we did do was provide them with a good standard of coaching. We gave them good education around the game. Um, we were willing to work with them. They were willing to work with us. They wanted to improve as players. And our obligation, ultimately, as coaches and managers, is to give our players everything that we've got in order to try and make them better and better in 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 many cases is often going away moving abroad going to the uk to this to scotland to the uk or or even mainland europe which a lot of players will deviate to or, or gravitate to um you know now that brexit is, is 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 part of the conversation so ultimately players will always want to gravitate to the highest level that their ability will enable them to and and we're glad, and I'm I'm certainly was glad to to recognise and to be able to work with some of those players, um, who who performed outstandingly well for for us over a period of time, and then, you know, with with a heavy heart sometimes, and you know, not necessarily at the time thinking it's the the best thing for them, you know, if you look back to promise moving to Fleetwood last year, it was a tough one, you know, Dawson going away mid season last year from Bohemians. They're very, very hard to replace, and it's tough at that time in that moment when you when those players move on. Um, but ultimately, when you sit back in the cold light of day, and and they make the move, it's for the betterment of their career. Because uh, you know, unfortunately, without proper resources, facilities, infrastructure, investment across the whole football eco- ecosystem in this country. Players are always going to gravitate towards the UK, and um, yeah. But but what we need or would to you do be a, would you be touching on the that recent conversation that's been going on the last few weeks with the betting tax that perhaps the, the government need to start looking at cutting a bit of that pie and and giving you tourist football. 
Well, there's no reason in the world. I'm sure the the the, the horse racing body and the greyhound um, body um, will lobby, you know, against the football cutting in on a share of their cake. But, but ultimately, uh, I'm not quite sure what the percentages are of betting tax that goes on footballs. Surely, some of that has to make it make its way way back into the game. Um, obviously, we need huge government investment in our academy systems to create a proper pathway for players post-Brexit. Uh, post Remember, we're task and academy managers, coaches, um, uh, uh, you know, everybody involved in, in, in the industry of football in this country at the, at the elite level, call it that, um, is tasked with producing the next uh, tranche of international footballers or the next players that are going to play at the highest level of the game. Um, and without the tools to do that can be very, very difficult. You know, Colin O'Brien's gone away uh, this week with the under-17s team, pr predominantly uh, Irish-based players. So it's going to be very interesting to see how, the, how they do. And clubs are punching above their weight with, with, with their hands tied behind their back in most cases with, due to a lack of resources, a lack of facilities, a lack of investment. You know, and, and it's not just government, it's not just the FEI. Clubs themselves need to invest in 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 youth development in this country into the academy system. Thankfully, lots of clubs are doing that, but they need help. They need assistance. And if we're going to have a proper industry in this country, you know, investment and and investment in our academy structure. I think Damon spoke about it today in his in his piece. Mm. You know, and you know those of us involved in the game here long enough would 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 fully understand that the academy system has to be a priority for football clubs and 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 anybody. Otherwise, we're not going to You know, what what will happen if we don't produce players that are capable of playing international football for Ireland? We'll our rankings will drop. You know, where everything will 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 fall off the face of a cliff. If we if we don't uh, improve the standards across all levels of football within the game, yeah, that's brilliantly said, Keith. I have to say, um, look, just to uh, ask you then about uh, the match coming up this weekend, Finn Harps away from home. It's always a, a really tough trip for uh, any side in whatever division they're playing in, um, but they're on a bad run of form at the moment, three defeats in a row and a draw. But Dave Rogers does seem to be doing good stuff up there. It's going to maybe take him a bit of time really to turn things around. But um, how are you viewing this uh, this game this weekend? Tough, um, long long trip north for us. So we'll we'll head up tomorrow Thursday. Um, you know to to get prepared to to um to be as ready as we possibly can be for for a game on the back of a really good performance last week against Cove. The boys come into it in great spirit. Um. But but that's last week. We've got to prove ourselves every time we go out onto the training ground, not not, not just the, the 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 football pitch on a Friday night. Uh, we're looking at players' behaviours and performances in every aspect of 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 the environment that we're in right now. So, um, you know, we're looking forward to the game. It'll be very difficult. Dave Rogers uh, has got a good young. Well, he's got a young team up there that he's working with extremely hard. I'm sure. You know, players. Um, you know want to go out and perform on a Friday night, you know, we've got to try and worry about ourselves, look after our own performance. Um, it'd be a tough place to go, Finn Harps. It always is, you know, and I'm not quite sure what type of crowds they've been getting this year, but we're looking forward to go up there, um, hopefully giving a good account of ourselves, hopefully reproducing the performance levels that we did last week against Cove. And if we do that, we give, our, give ourselves a good chance.
And just finally, because you did allude to the fact there, you believe that maybe that 10-point gap uh, that Galway have uh, engineered for themselves now at this point, that might be too much to close now. Do you, do you feel this anyway? Because we did see they were beaten by Longford Town a couple of weeks ago. They're not uh, totally invincible. Yeah, no, listen, John and, and Ollie have them have the boys and, and to be fair, they're they're really ex- experienced group, aren't they? Um so uh, they've been around the division, you know, and knocking on the door for the last couple of years and, and they've got a very experienced group of players. So um, you know, I don't see them faltering. This you, you know, they they they're doing their business every week, they're looking after their own results, their own performances, and we can't look too too far ahead either. We've got to try and focus on our objectives, which is primarily to, to get this group better, to make this group um better, to influence the group if we possibly can in the transfer window and, and ultimately hopefully get promote promotion, be that, you know, through a playoff or whatever the case may be. But but we're focused on ourselves. Galway have been more or less flawless up until the, the Longford game. Um 10 points is a big lead at this point point in time of the season. Um, we've won seven games, lost two in the nine games that have been here at the club, and um, and we're still ten points behind them. So uh, that shows you how consistent they've been. So, um, and and listen, you know, good luck to Galway. I, I I said to you privately that we need strong regional clubs. Galway is a city, um, you know, a vibrant Galway city is good for the League of Ireland. The vibrant Waterford FC is good for the League of Ireland. And um, hopefully, hopefully we can achieve our objectives this year, which is to get our club promoted. Um, and and if we do that, you know, I'm sure between now and the end of the season, uh, the supporters will get behind the team, and we can grow the club in 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 a different way, um, other than than has been the case in previous regimes uh, at Waterford FC. So Andy Pilly at Fleetwood. Is fully invested in the club. The guys at Fleetwood fully invested in the club, um, and and hopefully we can we can like I said get them out of this division, and bring them to a stage where we feel uh, the club is geared geared up and uh, ready to go. He's not going to send promise over to is he for the summer? <laughs> promise is doing very very well where he is right now. So Scott Brown, um, who I spoke to last week, um. It was very complimentary of some of the players that have come in from Ireland. I know it's a, a market that Fleetwood will, will be looking into to recruit players going forward. Phoenix Patterson has done done well. Junior is over there as well, and Promise uh, obviously is a is a boy that um, I've known since he was a kid at Saint Joseph's Boys. So um, I'm delighted to see him do well. It was it was tough watching them go, but like <laughs> you like uh, you know it's hard handing them over when you put so much time and energy into them as people and as players, um you know and it's good to see him doing so well amongst some of the other players um yeah. that that have gone away and done well, um ultimately like I said brings it back to the conversation that that we had earlier, mm. you know players when they reach a certain level. Um, they want to test themselves and challenge themselves and, and that is their obligation to them as players. It's a short career and they've got to make the most of it. That's brilliant, Keith. Thanks a million for that. Thanks for talking to us on the podcast this week. Thanks, Stephen. Thank you. Damien Duff, thanks a million for joining the podcast this week. I just wanted to ask you first um, about the weekend just gone. Six wins this season for your team. Your 3-0 win at Sligo on Saturday was your second away win. So where does it rank though in terms of performance from your team so far this season? Uh, yeah, it's I'd have to say it'll be our best performance, but here 
the end of the day, you don't get extra points for that. So, um, for as good as we were on Saturday, we were very bad the week before against UCD, but we still got three points. So, um, it's all about winning games. Yes, it's, we want to play nice football and be easy on the eye, but uh, it's about getting points on the boards, first and foremost. It was another brilliant performance from Jack Moylan, showing again how talented he is. Can you tell me, Damien, with your own experience, is there more to come from Jack Moylan and where do you think he can improve? Without doubt, there's more to come. Uh, 18 months ago, two years ago, he's playing under-19s football for Bows. Um, so he's come a lot, an awful lot, long, a long way. Um, he's been re- very receptive to the demands that we put on him and coaching detail, etc. So uh, he's continuously grown on and off the pitch. Um, and we've we have great hopes for him. He's a very ambitious boy. So how long we can keep Michels, I don't know. Um, yeah, he's a top young player in the league, but I'd like to think we've a few more top young players in our in our squad. Yeah, absolutely. And I was going to ask you about that because. There has been some talk about Jack being uh, attracted by maybe an offer during the summertime. Would you be confident you'll have him for the full season this season or is there a possibility he could be snapped up by a club across the water? Clubs are looking at at Jack. Clubs are looking at other players we have as well. It's the nature of the beast. So you play well. um, You're going to have Irish clubs and clubs across the water, as you say, uh, looking at you. So, um, yeah, we've... We know there's interest. It's plain and simple. Just to go back to uh, results for your team, you're on a, an incredible run now. Eight matches without a loss, uh, four wins and four draws, I think it is. Uh, is the team now in that zone, Damien, where confidence is so high that they're going into every game just with that feeling that they know they're going to get, whether it be three points or one point from every match they play? I think they've just continuously grown over the 18 months. We had that mindset last year. Uh a young team in in its infancy, you'd say. A lot of new players trying to gel. A lot of young players, and uh, we've continuously grown over the eighteen months. So, um, but you know, whether it be Saturday again, just gone in Sligo, or twelve months ago, there are guys that believe in what we're doing here. They're tight knit group, and they go into every game, whether it be playing somebody from the top end of the table or someone down the bottom. We uh, approach them the same way and with the same belief. Just on tactics then as well, Damien, because I, I would have seen you a number of times, your your team playing in the flesh. And I suppose last season, it, it did look maybe you were kind of trying to keep things tight at the back and, and spring teams on the counter-attack. It does feel like that the tactics have maybe progressed a bit this season and you do seem to be kind of trying to take on teams a bit higher up the pitch this season. Is that just the, the team or the players are learning more about how you want to play and have they... It, I suppose, reach that point of where they are playing football the way you want to see them to play, or is there more to go? For sure there's more to go, but we're still trying to play the same as we did last season. Uh, yeah, you, you bring in new coaching ideas along the way and, and what have you. Uh, that's what we're here for. But um, it's all about keeping the ball, I guess. And uh, Rovers are seen as, I guess, a very attacking team because they can keep the ball and they're really good at it. They're the best team I've seen. Uh, whereas we probably, you know, at the minute, so shells are where defensive or are defensive. Um, but we're not set up to to play defensively. Um, the lads know that. I tell them all that all the time. And if you come and watch us work and any day of the week, it's all about attacking patterns and how to break teams down. So I know we've been kind of tarnished with that brush. Or we sit in and we uh, just defend their goal. 
we don't. That's not the plan. Sometimes it happens organically. Again, to reference Rovers, we play against them a few weeks back. They're so good that you just end up defending for 80, 90 minutes. So, um, no, we still want to play the same way. Uh, we want to dominate games and we'll keep working hard to do so. Rovers are a good example, actually, because Damien and Stephen Brady started out there. You know, he did struggle for the first while to try and get his team playing the way he wanted them to play. And we see them now with this box midfield and they play it so, so well. And I was actually speaking to Richie Tell for this week's podcast as well. And he was saying that, you know, when teams are, I suppose, press high up on that box, they've got defenders who can pass through the lines and get the ball over the top. Is it going to take a while for teams to figure out how to, you know, get the better of this Rovers team? Do you think it is possible? That's what everyone has to aim for. Um, You know, this Rovers team squad that we're talking about, they're the best players in the country. They're the best squad in the country. They're the biggest budget in the country. Um, so inevitably, like I just said, you go play them. Um, they're going to have an awful lot of the ball, and I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. So, um, oh, fair play. Brad has done a great job. Um, but we're in a totally different journey to Rovers. You know, we inherited a team that was in Europe and had a big bloody budget at the time, whereas uh, we've come in here and we were newly promoted from Division 1. So we're taking a totally different journey uh, to what happened at Chamac Rovers, and we're going to do it our way, I guess. What's the story with Sean Boyd, Damien? Could we see him back playing again soon? Yeah, he's uh, he's back training with Gav Malloy. So I know there's a transfer window coming up, but uh, having them two back would be similar to getting two big signings in the door. So uh, they've been a big loss. The lads have done amazing without them. They, be great to have them back available and fighting for a spot in the in the team again because competition is is paramount. Uh, big issue we had last season there wasn't competition for places. The squad wasn't strong enough. Uh, there was many injuries, and the team knew they was more or less what it would be on a on a match night. Whereas this season, that's what we wanted to do: build the squads. Hopefully, when these players come back, uh, it brings lads' games to another level because you know you need competition in life. Yeah, do you need a big target man though as well? And like, if is there maybe something that's you're looking at as well in the transfer windows? Maybe bringing in someone else as a as a backup or competition to Sean because I kind of get the feeling as well that the way the way your team plays that you kind of do need that target man sometimes for trying to get the ball to stick up up the other end of the field. Again, you know, Sean, yeah, you might go a bit longer at times. It's the profile that he is as a player. He occupies centre backs. Um, in the same time, listen, Sean's been out and we all love Sean, but Jack's done absolutely amazing. Uh, Ev played up there a couple of games. Evan Caffrey mm. is a midfielder. He's done amazing. So, uh, yeah, it's it's great to have him back. Uh, a big target man, I think you call him. I think Sean wouldn't be happy with that. Um, I still you're you're right, yeah. Sorry, he's got great feet as well, in fairness to him. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, it's not a case where Sean Boyd's playing and we're going to go direct. Um, it's nice to have that option that I think all teams should have. But uh, I still want to play the same way when Sean is fit and in our team and a team adapting to, uh, to us and how we want to play. It's not, you know, the rest of us adapting to what people might think we want to play. Sean, he's six foot four, he's a beast. Let's just throw it long on top of his head. So now we will still want to, you know, build a game and keep the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're facing back-to-back Dublin derby matches next, Damien. St. Patrick's Athletic first this weekend 
at Talca Park. I probably don't have to remind you, you've conceded nine goals against them in your last three meetings, but I have a feeling you won't be as poor as against them this weekend. Uh, nine, sorry, I'm just going through them. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, in my head there, the game, match or week, minus one from the cup final. The lads might know, might as well have not turned up. Uh, all they were thinking about was Derry and their suits and Lansdowne Road. So uh, we lost 4-0. But like I said, should have sent myself and the rest of the staff out to play. Um, the game obviously here before that, a 4-4 humdinger, probably game of the season. A game we should have won. But yeah, you're right. Conceding four goals, how can you win any game? Uh, so like I've said many times, we can talk about, you know, attacking stuff and the pretty stuff, but you have to be defensively solid. And that's what I've tried to do from minute one in here, the help of the staff. It's one of the many reasons I brought Joey O'Brien is in. Uh, great defensive mind, helps me set up the team. So, uh, of course, to win games, you can't bloody concede. So uh, that's the plan. Keep things tight. And then, yeah, rely on your players up the top end of the pitch with that bit of X factor to maybe nick you something. And then finally, they are missing lads. I'm not sure if you're aware, you're, you probably are. They're missing lads at the back, especially Joe Redmond, the key player for them. They had two teenagers last night starting against Shamrock Rovers and Gravosti, who's only back from injury as well. So how do you take advantage of that situation? Just by playing our normal game. Um, I know everybody, we all harp on about budgets and maybe injuries in this league, but I've not absolutely here. Joe's a great guy and I wish him well and I hope he's back soon. But, you know, I've no sympathy for these big clubs. Oh, I'm missing A, B, C or D. I've missed big, big players uh, for the majority of this season and I've never uh, complained about it once. So it's just about adapting and the lads that are in the squad, maybe on the bench that haven't been playing, uh, standing up and taking the shirts. That's what happens with us. And I'm sure Pats have so much quality in, in their squads. Um, you know, young Noah Lewis can come in. Uh, Sam Curtis, what an amazing player he is. So they have a lot of bloody quality in their in their squad. So, yeah, unfortunate for Pats. Joe, great personality, great captain. Uh, wish him well, but there's an awful lot of quality to, to come in and replace him. Do you ever get any um, any text messages from uh, the great Brian Kerr before these games trying to wind you up now? <laughs> No, he uh, he actually told me off last year. I was suspended um, in Richmond Park, and I was upset beside him in the in the uh, director's box. He told me off at half time. He is like my second dad, so I didn't get into it with him. But he told me a no in certain terms to quiet down and behave myself. So uh, <laughs> ah, I love him. He's a legend, yeah. a legend of the game. Contrary to what Jason McAteer says, he's a he's a god in Irish football. And uh, I love him. You're dead right, Damien. Couldn't agree more. Great colleague as well. So, listen, best of luck on Friday against uh, St. Pat's and uh, hopefully talk to you again soon, Damien. Cheers. Thank you. God bless. LOI Match Day on Off The Ball.